0: We believe that since this holy assembly and congregation is the gathering of those who are saved, and there's no salvation apart from it. No one ought to withdraw from it, content to be by himself regardless of his status or or condition. But all people are obliged to join and unite with it, keeping the unity of the church by submitting to its instruction and discipline, by bending their necks under the yoke of Jesus Christ, and by serving to build up one another according to the gifts God has given them as members of each other in the same body. And to preserve this unity more effectively, It's the duty of all believers, according to God's word, to separate themselves from those who do not belong to the church. In order to join this assembly, wherever God has established it, even if civil authorities and royal decrees forbid and death and physical punishment result. And so, all who Withdrew from the church, or so do not join it, act contrary to God's ordinance.
1: Reading now from Scripture, we are reading from Acts chapter 2, the verses 42 through 47. This section is entitled, The Fellowship of the Believers. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the (coughs) prayers, and all came over every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all had things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and favour with and having favour with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved and we turn to revelation chapter 8 revelation 8 and we read the first Five verses. This section is entitled The Seventh Seal and the Golden Censer. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So far, this
0: reading of God's holy word. The text verses are from Acts 2, verse 46 to 47. And Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved topic, it's everyone's duty to join the church. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, if you've read the pastor's pen, I quoted there an introduction from a pastor about why we still need to attend the church. Many people say, I could serve the Lord as I want, how I want. It's not necessary to join the church anymore more interesting there in front of my computer. This pastor started the introduction of his sermon. And you can check, this is not my sermon. But this introduction, where a minister once went to visit a man who wasn't attending church very faithfully. Called Winter's Day, and they sat by a fire, warmed themselves as they talked. And to this irregular attendant, the minister said, My friend, I don't see you much at church at the Lord's Day. You seem to come only when it's convenient to you. when you feel like you need to come. We miss you quite often. You know you need to come all the time. The man said nothing, I just looked at a fire. gave no response. So the minister said, let me show you something. He then took the tongs from beside the fireplace, opened the screen, and began to separate the coals so that none of them were touching one another. In a matter of moments, the blazing coals had died out. My friend, he said, that's what's happening in our life when you don't attend church. As soon as you keep yourself apart, the fire goes out. Maybe you've heard this introduction or variations of that. It's actually quite common. But the truth is so compelling. Belgian Confession, Article 28, there's no salvation apart from it. That is the church. What does this mean? It simply means that it must be the desire of those who are in the church to join the visible body of the believers. And these words should be understood against the historical background of the 16th century. There were many people in those days that wanted to leave the Roman Catholic Church because of the heresies, because of what happened in the Roman Catholic Church. But they were afraid of the consequences. They were convinced that the doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church were wrong. But they had a, an attitude that it was better to wait. Still see what will happen. And This article was written by Guido de Bré for especially them. And the confession concluded, and so all who withdraw from the church, and that's the true church, Belgian Confession, Article 29, that's the church, and we will deal with this next week, where the Word of God is preached faithfully, sacraments are administered truthfully, and also the discipline administered, that we need to keep the Lord's Ordinances. So all who withdraw from the church or do not join it act contrary to God's ordinance. God's ordinance is the fourth commandment remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And so we confess in Lord's Day 38 of the Heart of a Catechism that we need to maintain the gospel ministry and education. And that especially on the festive day of race, I need to regularly attend the assembly of God's people to learn what God's Word teaches, to participate in the sacraments, to pray to God publicly, and to bring Christian offerings to the poor. God made this day, Sunday, the day of the resurrection, day of rest. And it's all about the Lord this day the Lord's work this day. This is a meeting with God and His people where the Lord is speaking to us in His Word, where He's comforting through the sacraments when we pray together and we respond in confession and songs as His people. The Lord feeds our souls. He comforts us in times of distress. He strengthens our faith, and he builds up the body of Christ. And we need to come ready, ready to receive, ready to worship, ready to please. A meeting with God that we cannot ignore. And we should worship him. As he commands, and in the fourth commandment, the Lord said, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. But a question remains Do I still need to join a church to be a Christian? Yes, because this is what Christians do. People say today, I've been burned too many times by the church, or I do not feel that I belong. I will never return. But can we claim to be a Christian and rejects participation? To be with fellow believers expose the attitude of our hearts like that coals keeping us warm. And why is that? Coming to church and be under the sound of God's word is like an x-ray exposing our hearts and a true humble person sees his faults Repent, sees imperfections, but also the imperfection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the perfection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He does not seek to see the faults of others, but when he does, he speaks the truth in love and desires their sanctification, so they will be built up in our perfect Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The churchgoer sees his own heart and the coru- corruption that lies hidden there, along with the impure motives and the evil ambitions, sees the depravity of his own heart born in sin, and he looks to our perfect Savior, Jesus Christ, and knows there's only one way to be saved, one way to be sanctified, and that's Jesus. And he and she knows, that to be church and go to church is a blessing from the Lord. To be a church and join the church is all about Jesus. Jesus was the head of the church, and the church is in close unity with Jesus, and Jesus loves the church, and Jesus is building His church, Matthew 16 verse 18, the passage from last week. He expect us, through His grace to be his co-workers. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, to proclaim the gospel, give his comfort to all the people, to be the salt of the earth and the light of this world. And this is what the first believers did No Bible reading. And after they came to faith, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the exposition of God's word in the fellowship. The breaking of bread... And the prayers. Our second passage will be about this, the prayers. Revelation 8. And while they were busy with this, awe came upon them. and Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. And had all things in common. That's unity. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. And so the early church was a specific body. In Jerusalem, meeting in a specific place. And so the believer cannot be outside the church. Never. It's spiritually and physically impossible. Because without, you are not alive. To be a Christian means to have fellowship with the living Christ and at the same time fellowship with his people. And we don't do that in our own, especially in corporate worship. And to break this fellowship lightly, and take it lightly, because of what you think and feel, give it a breath, It's to threaten your very salvation. How else could you hear the word of the living God except through the preachers whom he has sent? Romans 10, verse 15. And how could preachers be sent except by the church which believe and live by the word of God? But most of all, our Lord is honored and worshipped. If his church follows him in obedience and love and unity for his word and spirit. In the Belgian confession, we read a statement: There's no salvation apart from it, that is the church. It means that it must be desire of those who are on Christ to join the visibly body of believers to oblige to God's word. John 15, you do what the Father says. This was no idea at a time of the Belgian Confession. In 250 AD, also Cyprian, an early church father, already used the same language encouraging Christians to join the local church, even though they were under persecution. And Scripture also speaks of God's elector, Holy Assembly. But why is this so important? And the answer is so that the ordinary means of grace may be received, for they are received in the church. It's in a church where we receive the preaching of God's word and also the sacraments. This is how the people of God are given the grace of God. And to attend a local church is the command of God. It's also our answer. If I love Jesus, I will be obedient to the Lord's, the Father's commandment, obey the Father and I will join the local church. But what are the obligations of church members? What should we do as church members? Having confessed that there is no salvation outside the church, that a believer cannot be apart from the church, we have to confess the duties of church membership, keeping the unity of the church by submitting to its instruction and discipline, by bending their necks under the yoke of Jesus by serving to build up one another according to the gifts God has given them as members of each other in the same body. And so the first church in Acts did exactly this. They preserved the unity. They had all things in common. And so the church is a body, a unity, made up of many parts with only one head, Jesus Christ. And Jesus governs his church with his word and through the Spirit. They are all equally important, 1 Corinthians 12. And unity with others is good and pleasant, Psalm 133. Unity is essential, Ephesians 4. And the body cannot be in this unity or this harmony with itself. But also the first church. And the church of today should bend their necks under the yoke of Jesus. The first church, when they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, they devoted themselves to the teaching from the Word, to hear what God says through the Word. And today still, to live accordingly is a blessing. But it also means to submit yourself under the church's doctrine and discipline. And with this you are bending your neck under the yoke of Christ. When Jesus said those words, Matthew 11 verse 30, about his yoke being easy and his burden being light, we might not even have thought about the obligations of church members. Duties are commonly what we think we have to do. But that's what the modern world tells us, that We don't like to do duties and have duties as church members. It's hard to see the benefits. But it has certainly more benefits than duties. And so, let me discuss prayer that we have read in our second reading. Also what the first church did. They were praying. Revelation 8 are the prayers when the church of Christ comes together. Church of all times, but also the church of our time. When we pray, we are being the church. We are praying together today. And you are called constantly to pray for the sick, to pray for the disheartened, to pray for the work of the church, to pray for the missionaries, Revelation 8 is telling us what is happening when we pray. And so the Holy Spirit gives us a peek into the throne room of God, of what is happening when the church is coming together and we pray. Revelation 8, we see the effects of our daily prayers and the prayers of the church of all times. We see the effects of the prayers of the martyrs who were killed for their faith. We see the justice for the Christians that are persecuted and killed, like those in India today. We also see the prayers, my prayers, your prayers, the prayers of our children. The prayers of our suffering and sickness. The prayers for the situation and the godlessness in our country. And the prayers of people that they should repent to the Lord. And John saw that an angel came with a golden censer to the throne of God. And he was given much incense to offer with all the prayers of all the saints of all times on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the believers rose before God from the hand of an angel. And then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar, threw it on the earth, and there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. All the effects of prayer. And our prayers are brought before God in a golden censer, mixed with incense. That incense is the blood, the offering. Of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, and it's such a comfort. Our prayers, which are sometimes selfish, sinful, but also cries of despair, are mixed with an incense that is sanctified with our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus's blood, Jesus, our great High Priest, the great Head of the Church, who brought reconciliation. Our prayers are mixed with Jesus' blood. And when we pray, our prayers are rising before the Lord. And it means that our prayers are accepted. And what is the result of our prayers? Also see how the angel mixes it with fire and then throws it on the earth. Results, is pills of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. The Lord is hearing our prayers for our Lord Jesus Christ to come again, to bring His judgment. And God is using the prayer of the children of God to have a wonderful influence in world history. God is using our prayers sanctified by Jesus' blood to be part of God's judgment on the world. This is God's righteousness. And he will bring justice to all the injustice in this world. The result of all our (coughs) laments and prayers is justice for God's people. The blood of all martyrs, but also an end to the suffering of the world. And so the Lord is using his servants, his church, and the upbuilding of his people. And the greatest gift, the greatest thing that a church can do is praying together. And so the first church in Acts prayed constantly. Acts 1 verse 13 to 14, they gathered to pray constantly. Acts 2 verse 42, they were devoted <coughs> to prayer. Acts 4 verse 23 to 31, prayers are praise in Christ for help. Acts 16, prayers in crisis. Acts 21 verse 5, prayers for the journey. And the church is still gathering today. Built one another up. According to the gifts God has given them as members of each other in the same body. So the question would rather be, why would you not be in church? Why would you not be in church? When you're not. And the confession concludes with those who are sitting on the fence those who don't want to join and involve themselves with the true church, you are disobeying the Lord who wants you to share in all His gifts. And to be willingly disobedient to God has severe consequences. Romans 1 verse 18 to 32, Paul tells that God's anger or wrath is revealed against all forms of disobedience, ungodliness, unrighteousness, and the people who suppress the truth and their wickedness and disobedience. Our passage of this morning, Hebrews 10, terrible to fall in the hands of the living God. Gideon, de prayer said, to break with the church or to fail and join the church is the equivalent of putting your salvation on the line. Of course, it's only the Lord who decides even in so many generations. And that's why Gideon de Brea confessed that one is to join himself and to stay to join to God's church, wherever God has established it, even if civil authorities and royal decrees forbid and death and physical punishment result, the church should still meet. Let us pray that we can be faithful and attending the church, attending the worship service, even when the disobedience of the people are more evident. Remember, the Lord is building His church, and the gates of hell will never prevail. But you, brother and sister, let us never forsake the fourth commandment to meet as God's people. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, you have given us your church, and we can be part of your church. And we can join your church, and we are part of the people you ordained it to be. And you are building your church. And you assured us in Matthew that the gates of hell will never prevail. Father, we pray for your church in Blacksland. We pray that we will stay true to your word and the fourth commandment, and that it will not be a heavy duty and heavy obligation, but a joy to come together, to bend under the yoke of your word, under the yoke of our Lord Jesus Christ. To come together, to pray together to be enriched through your word and through the sacraments, and that it will be a joy to serve you. Father, we thank you that we can be your church. We confess it's by grace alone. And we pray that the unity we experience in Black's Land will be preserved. And we know it can only be preserved when, we, when we're bent under the yoke of your word and spirit. But how good it is when people come together. Be with your people in this week. Bless us. Where the church is going out in the world that we will proclaim the gospel.